0: As hell and I wanna get ill. So I go to a place where my homeboys chill. Bella's out there trying to make that dollar. I pulled up
1: in the six four Impala. Alright. Alright, everyone. Um thank you for tuning in. This first episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. Uh, what is the Bored as Hell Podcast? Well, basically, uh it's a movie review podcast between myself, Adam McDonald, and our good friend Andy Wilson. Um basically hey. tell you what movies you should go see and which ones you shouldn't to keep you from being bored as hell at the movie theaters. Um, we'll cover everything from new releases, obviously. So for this episode, we're going to talk about uh, both Tomorrowland and Mad Max Fury Road. Um, and also, every episode, we're going to give you a recommendation. So whether it's a classic movie you need to see, whether it's something cool or new, um, or some crazy good deal out there or a Blu-ray you need to own, um, we'll have it. But uh, just to hand it over to Andy here, he's going to give us a brief kind of rundown on his view of movie ratings, kind of uh, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, what a 1 looks like and what a 10 looks like.
2: Okay, so uh, here at, the, at Board as Hell and over at Big Shiny Robot, we've been rating movies on a scale of 1 to 10. I tend to take a look at this from my background in social science and statistics, where I think of the world as basically a bell curve. And the vast majority of movies that are going to be out there are going to be in that kind of big middle area. So, if I'm giving something somewhere between a three and a half and a seven and a half, then you know this is a good. it's just kind of an average movie, but it's in the middle. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily horrible. A five is a perfectly acceptable movie. A six is a perfectly acceptable movie. Any time where I'm kind of eight or above, I'm pretty enthusiastic about what this is and really think that you should go see it. But when I'm talking about a 10, uh, a perfect 10, those are even more rare than you would expect. And basically for every one truly, truly horrible movie that you should avoid like the plague that is a one, uh, a movie like Unfriended, then (laughs) there there is also going to be a a companion piece, a 10, out there. uh, And like a, a Mad Max Fury Road. So when I give a movie a 10, that you know, I'm I'm really really going after it. If I'm giving it a 9 or a 9.5, it's still a really amazing movie. Uh but that's kind of how we see things. So if you hear us give something a 5 or a 6, that's that's not damning it with faint praise. That's just saying, no, oh, it's it's an average movie and it might be worth your time. It might not be. But listen to what we have to say and, and judge for yourself of whether it's worth your money to go see it in a theater or whether this might be something you want to pick up um, on Blu-ray and watch at home.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, the, the big thing to keep in mind, uh, a five is average. You know, yeah. completely right in the middle. Uh, it doesn't mean it's horrible. It doesn't mean it's, uh, it's the greatest thing ever. It just means maybe you should bread box it. Because um, yep. here's the deal is, you know, thankfully, uh, I I know you in Texas, I know it's not quite as expensive to go see the movies as, say, L.A. Um, or San yeah. Diego, where I grew up. And Utah, it's definitely one of the cheaper places to go. Um, but, you know, you can – if you go take a family of four to the movies and buy popcorn and soda and snacks and heaven forbid you're seeing it in IMAX 3D, I mean, that's like a trip to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> you're spending a lot of money, so, um, you know – Obviously, we want to make sure you get the best bang for your buck uh, and, you know, also have some fun while doing it. So uh, speaking of having fun, uh, our first movie we're going to talk about is Tomorrowland. So Andy, why don't you give us a rundown and then let's talk about it.
2: Tomorrowland is uh, inspired by Walt Disney's uh, vision of the future, which you can see at Disneyland in Tomorrowland. And uh, both Adam and I agreed that the best way to see this movie is going into it, not knowing a whole lot about it. Really all you have to know, young girl finds a pin uh, with Tomorrowland on it. She picks it up and she's transported to this faraway place and sees this beautiful vision of the future. Um, There's a whole lot more to it. That's really all you've gotta know. Uh, But for people who are really into Disney, who know the history of the 1964 World's Fair and Disney's involvement in that, and Disneyland, you're going to see so many Easter eggs and really Mm -hmm. enjoy yourself with this. Um, But just go in and and sit back and enjoy the story.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's kind of funny that I think you and I are one of maybe the two people who liked it. Because if you, if you check out, like, you know, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, it's, it's not getting the best reviews. And uh, actually, it's, it's lack of box office draws. The, the Hollywood reporters claiming Killed Tron 3, which kind of sucks. Because I was excited for that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's definitely the most Disney movie of any Disney movie I've seen. Um, you know, you're obviously, it's a, you know, Tomorrowland, of course, is one of the most famous parts of Disneyland. Um, it's getting more popular now with the Star Wars attractions coming, that they own Star Wars. Uh, and this movie will remind you many, many times that they own Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, in, in somewhat hilarious ways too. Uh, but yeah, you've got it's a small world at the 1964 World Fair. Um, you've got all kinds of cool gadgets and stuff, and it's it's really, really, it's it's really fun. Uh, it is a slow burn. Uh, it's not going to grab you by the seat of your pants and you know throw you out the window, uh, which I think some people were expecting. I know talking to some other people they thought it was going to be more of an action adventure summer some movie. Uh, and that's not what this is. Uh, yeah. There is some action test, but it's it's more I mean, wouldn't you agree with this? It's almost more about um, basically how we can fix humanity and just kind of gave, shows us a ray of hope in like, you know, with climate change and, you know, genocide and everything else
2: that's horrible happening here. Um, it kind of showed us a glimmer of hope as far as how we can change that. Exactly. It was a very thoughtful movie and I had a lot of people say like, so I shouldn't take my kids to this because this sounds kind of thinky. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. I, I brought my my 10-year-old daughter with me and she absolutely loved it. There's plenty in here that is kid friendly. And in a lot of ways, it reminds us what it is to see the world through the eyes of a child And oh, yeah. and to look back and have that hope for the future. Uh, really, I think a lot of the hate towards this movie comes from people who are basically being cynical assholes about it. Uh, they don't like the movie's <laughs> message that the power of hope and the power of giving a damn about things can actually help make things better. And and I think that's a great message. I think it's a great message to be sharing with our kids. So I was really glad uh, to take my 10-year-old. However, to be fair... I'm not planning on taking my seven-year-old. I think he might get bored because as much as he likes Disney, as much as he he likes those things, it doesn't have a talking raccoon and a giant tree and he's not going to enjoy it as much as he did Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's okay. Yeah. Uh, know, know your kids, definitely. But I, I think that it, it's got a good message and maybe it's not for everyone to go see in the theaters, but there is... Uh, there is a lot good here and, and I can't recommend this movie enough.
1: I mean, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a kid's movie. Uh, it's, it's, you know, most people, you know, take Disney automatically think about that. But like you said, uh, could a 10 year old, like your, your 10 year old enjoy it. Yes. Uh, any younger than that, I probably wouldn't would recommend because they'll just be bored and really piss off everyone next to you. Um, I do want to talk about a couple things though. Uh, as far as acting goes, um, obviously George Clooney is Frank Walker. He's one of the main characters. Um, Britt Robertson plays uh, Casey Newton, who is the girl who finds the pain and kind of stumbles into Tomorrowland. Uh, but the really standout for me um, was Raffi Cassidy. Uh, she plays this character named Athena. Um, I'll just say that she has ties with Tomorrowland. I don't want to give it uh, too much more uh, information because, again, I don't want to get into the spoilery area. Um, but she was absolutely fantastic as a young actress. Um, she definitely has a lot of acting chops. She knows what she's doing. Uh, like I mentioned in our uh, review we did for Big Shiny Robot, uh, the last child actor I can think of who really came across that strongly and that well was Haley Steinfeld from True Grit. Uh, so I'm very very excited to see what she's going to do
2: uh, with her career going forward. Uh, and for me, actually, I'd say she was probably the best part of the movie. I absolutely agree. And there are, you know, we made it sound like there isn't any action in this movie, which oh, is- and there is. There's robots there- and there's shooting and flying, and and she takes on some of these robots and she's this little little kid and it is oh yeah uh, yeah when she fights him in the 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 little uh, the souvenir shop I forgot about that 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 is probably my favorite scene right there uh, where she's taking on uh, Keegan Michael Key from Key and (laughs) Greatest Uh,
1: Cameo Ever (laughs) oh
2: he was was excellent in that that was you know that was a really great scene and she is great both in those action sequences and in having you know the real heart of the movie uh Brad Bird as you may remember from some of his previous films really injects a lot of heart into uh a lot of these characters and and she is she delivers a lot of that in in ways that like the Iron Giant really does uh in the way that um the main family in the Incredibles does and I, I just, she's absolutely great, and it's it's amazing that she's able to outshine Clooney, and they have a really great rapport between the two of them as well. So, bravo to Clooney, um, but really, Rafi Cassidy, she's great.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah. So, like we said, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a solid eight out of ten on this. Uh, I think it is. I think the the third act in the end has a little bit of problems. It kind of tries to switch, seems to be a different movie than I was kind of, you kind of led up to be. Um, and like I said, I love the theme of hope. I I locked out with a big smile on my face. Uh, at certain times, it they kind of feel like they were pounding it into your head, so it did get a little bit preachy for me, um, but not enough to take away my um, enjoyment of the movie. So I'm a, I'm a solid eight out of ten on this one.
2: I'm exactly the same place, eight out of ten. And unlike you, I like happiness. <laughs> I I think we need more of it. There's a speech that Hugh Laurie gives at the very end that you know I just wish I could. I could put on repeat uh, because it, it rings so true and uh, I, I wish everyone would listen to it. Um, so be ready. It is a little bit heavy handed and you're right. The third act is, is a little bit uh, a little bit of a shift, but uh, uh, eight out of 10. And, and I think people should go check out Tomorrowland.
1: Yes. And maybe if you uh, buy enough tickets, they'll re- <laughs> resurrect Tron
2: three. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. I, I saw, um, I saw a couple people say they're they're starting to agree with Simon Pegg that maybe Marvel and Disney and so on are dumbing down sci-fi, and that makes me that makes me sad. I I wanted to see a Tron three, but well, and I was talking with a friend on Facebook last night because
1: um, he was pretty upset by this because. You know, he went back and watched it again. I love the first Tron movie. Um, my mom hates it because she was going to labor with my little brother when my dad and I were watching it, and she walked out with her suitcase and tells my dad, uh, "Honey, it's time to go to the hospital." And his response, "I shit you not," was, "Oh wait, the movie's almost over." <laughs> so she's never ever liked that movie. Um, but you, you know, it was brought up about the the dumbing down of sci-fi, and you know, we were just talking briefly about Tron Legacy, which. Isn't in no way a perfect movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, but there were some really cool philosophies and ideas about humanity and consciousness and everything else that was brought up there and that was touched upon briefly that I would have loved to have seen as, um, you know, maybe explored in the third movie. So <clears throat> we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, one thing I will mention, if anyone's familiar with the Graham Norton show, uh, basically he's a British talk show host. Really funny guy. Um, last night's episode, he actually had Hugh Laurie, George Clooney, and uh, Britt Robertson on, on as uh, guests for the first half of the show. So if you want to see George Clooney get drunk off his own tequila and make fun of other people, uh, it was a lot of fun. So if you have BBC America, um, highly recommend checking it out. It's a lot of fun.
2: I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds excellent.
1: Next week, he's got Chris Pratt and uh, one of the other people from that squirrel. So It,
2: it doesn't matter who else. <laughs> it's Chris Pratt. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Pat, and the empty chair that uh, Clint Eastwood East was talking to <laughs> they come out. Yeah. So, all right. Um, well, our second movie we're going to talk about is uh, Mad Max: Fury
1: Road. So, Mad Max: uh, Fury Road is pretty much the movie that shouldn't have happened. Uh, if you, I won't go into detail here, but um, the production problems they had absolutely meant this should never be made. Um, they filmed in Australia in the desert where well, one year it rained too much and flowers were everywhere, so they couldn't, couldn't record it. Um, just been working on it forever. It's fallen through multiple times. Um, but this does take place in the same universe as the Mad Max series trilogy back in the 80s. Uh, this time, however, Tom Hardy is taken over as our main character, Max. Uh, basically, he's kind of like um, he gets being almost like a feral animal. He's, he gets captured by these uh, this cult of guys called the War Boys and um, basically he's being strung up and used as a blood bag because these war boys are um, people who have been irradiated so much they, are, they have tumors, they're going to die of cancer. So he's used to pretty much be a living blood transfusion until he dies into one of the main war boys played by Nicholas Holt, who uh, I didn't even realize was him until about halfway through the movie. Um, all this takes place at the uh, Big Citadel, but it's owned by the warlord Immortan Joe, who is played by Hugh Keith Byrne, who was in the first Mad Max movie. Um, basically, he controls the water, so he controls plants and everything else. And he's just kind of a vicious warlord um, who sends his uh, right-hand woman, Imperator Furiosa, played by Charlize Theron, on a, uh, basically, a, I don't know if you call it a raiding party or um, a war party to go to a nearby uh, town to... Um, get supplies well in this big huge war rig which is all these crazy contraptions all welded together well on the way there she um decides to go rogue and break off from the camp so morton joe sends people after her because we find out that she has kidnapped his uh harem basically these uh, young female women who uh are basically his breeding supply he's trying to have a healthy male heir to take over for him Um, And she's saying, nope, this isn't right, so I'm going to set them free, take them to the Green Place, this mythical place that's like a Garden of Eden in this whole war-torn, you know, desolated area. Um, Meanwhile, Mad Max is along for the ride because he's still, you know, a blood bag, giving this guy his uh, blooded infusion. And what proceeds is a two-hour car chase that has some of the most exciting, exciting, intense visuals um, and just stunts and action you've ever seen in a movie. Um, people are saying, you know, oh, it's just an action movie, there's no plot. Uh, this is one of the best action movies you'll ever see, if not the best. Um, it's George Miller uh, returning to show us that, you know, all these other filmmakers have kind of looked at him as their inspiration for movies, action movies over the last 20 years. Um, and he came back after doing Babe Picking the City and showed them all up. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's insane. Your eyes will hurt afterwards, you'll be tired. Um, but you will not have an experience like this. I can't think of the last time I had this much fun in the movie and just walked out that amazed.
2: Remember when Warner Brothers was going to let George Miller make a Justice League movie? And then they're like, nope, never mind. No, we don't We don't like where you're going with this. Yeah, like uh, when well, they had Joss Whedon for the Wonder Woman movie too. So <laughs> It was exactly the same time period. I hope all those people at Warner Brothers got fired because looking at this movie, this is not only in my opinion, the best movie of the year. This is the best movie of the last several years and one of the best movies of the decade. I am just constantly blown away when I think about how amazing this film is. Yes, it's Mm -hmm. an action movie and there's huge explosions and car chases, but they do so much with so little in terms of dialogue and characterization and there's these tiny little moments where sideways glances mean so much. And the mm-hmm. actors and the director are just keyed in on exactly where they're going with this film. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning, I don't frequently give out 10 out of 10, uh, ratings for things. This was, this was very easily for me. I'm like, Oh, 10 out of 10. It's, I haven't seen anything this good since I've, since I saw Avengers, this was yeah, it's absolutely. Um,
1: yeah, like, obviously, we'll you know, you know, ten out of ten here. There's just there's so much going on, and um, you know, I try not to read comments or things on Facebook or reviews because people are stupid most times when they're just you know yelling and bitching and saying horrible things. But the most common thing I'm seeing from people who didn't enjoy this movie was that oh, there's no plot, there's no story. Um, and actually, at work the other day, I had a customer who came in and she mentioned that she she somehow fell asleep in it, which I didn't think that was possible. Um, but she said, yeah, there was just no plot. And so it was funny because I had been hanging out with a friend the night after I saw the movie. So I was just I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was going over my head. I mean, I went home and watched every single behind-the-scenes featurette and I was just going crazy. And we spent like an hour and a half just talking about the war boys and their – because they, they worship the V8. So if you see the movie, they put their hands together in a V. You know, and that's, they they worship the engine. And so we spent like an hour, hour and a half sober, mind you, um, discussing them and their, and their religion. And I kind of summed up our conversation in two minutes. And she just stared back at me and she's like, you got all that out of that one scene in the movie? I'm like, oh yeah, and that was just one scene. I mean, I could spend three more hours on the next 20 minutes of this movie. Um, and she's like, oh, I need to go watch it again because I just didn't see that. So yeah, you've got to go back in there. There's so much visual storytelling. I mean, it's, he's yeah, there's very little dialogue. What's there is necessary um, to move the plot forward and to you know make these characters grow and evolve. Um, but so much is to told with a glance, like you said, with a look, with um, the way a, a scene is shot, the way the action happens, um, the way characters design their cars. I mean, you look at Morton Joe, his car is like two, I, I'm bad with cars, we'll say El Camino's, you know, welded together. It's like his big you know, tank car. And the whole point was, you know, in the middle of the wilderness where there's nothing, there's desolation. Having one of everything makes you power rich. Having two of something makes you powerful. And that was just showing that he's got enough wealth and enough power to have two of one thing. And it's it's just it's mind bending. Um, I went inside in the second day. Um, I, I couldn't sleep that night. <laughs> I was in bed thinking about the movie and I just couldn't stop it. I mean, it's I, I haven't had a movie grab me like this and make me that invested in the characters in this universe. Um, that I would never want to visit uh, since um, God, I can't even think of the last one. Um, yeah. Fantastic movie. Easy 10 out of 10. Um, I've been blasting the soundtrack of my car on loop for the last week and a half. Uh, this is my go see movie of the year. Um, it's probably up in my top five movies of all time. And I know it's not like I'm gushing, but it, this movie deserves it.
2: It's, it's just so absolutely amazing. I, uh, it definitely deserves multiple in theater viewings but i really cannot wait for the blu-ray so you can just sit there and like pause and look at these these tiny mm-hmm. little things it's just so absolutely amazing the craftsmanship that miller put into this that that theron and hardy and holt brought to their characters and 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 even the the smaller characters as well they're just it, it's so Absolutely amazing. And on top of that, you know, I think it makes a really great counterpoint to Tomorrowland and okay. Mad Max came out uh, a week, two weeks before Tomorrowland. I can't remember which. Oh, it should have been a week, I believe. Yeah. So when I saw Tomorrowland, I'm like, this is the opposite side of the same coin. Um, Exactly. We have these, these opportunities to look into the future and we can either end up in this Mad Max world and, here's how it's going to go down. And we see exactly what the consequences of that are like, and exactly uh, what the things are that, that reinforce that. And we see, you know, patriarchy and religion and, and capitalism and greed and uh, inhumanity uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. Or we can, we can take the Tomorrowland view of things and focus on hope and vision and, and not being cynical and I, I just, I felt like both of these filmmakers, uh, both Bird and Miller, were coming at this same message about uh, fearing for the future and hoping that we can find a way around it. Uh, there's been a huge dialogue about Mad Max and, and feminism mm-hmm. and uh, whether this is a feminist movie or not. And I think that's a really interesting question. And it's like, yeah, in one sense, it absolutely is a feminist movie because you have a a strong female character, trademark Joss Whedon, uh, and who, who really
1: is. It it could have been called *Imperial*, you know, Furiosa for all we care again, because Mad Max is very much, you know, almost like a sidecar character yeah. in his movie.
2: Yeah, he kinda is. And and that's what's great about it is and and she could have been a male character, but she was a female character. And she specifically takes on someone who is is not just a patriarch but a patriarch who is using sex and sex slavery as part of his rule and as part of his control over resources and that was uh huge and and so yes mm-hmm. it it is a feminist movie but it's also so much more uh it, it it's a movie definitely about equality and, and giving a shit about other people and working together with people, even if it's not in your immediate interest to do so. Uh, it, but it's just as much a movie about religion and ecology and, uh, and resources and so on and so forth. So to, to only say this is just about feminism is, uh, is to completely ignore, a lot of what else is going on, so um, I, I loved it for that. That it has so many different layers, and and just like the cave on Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back, what you see in this movie is largely what you take with you, and uh, and and it's a great experience because there's so many different facets to this beautiful mm-hmm. gem.
1: And that was one thing that uh, we were we, again because we 've been talking about this nonstop for almost two weeks now. <clears throat> um, you know, like I said, you know it 's a lot about Charlie theron 's character, which he 's a badass is amazing, um, and Mad Max is kind of that secondary character, but um, his story arc is, is just utterly fantastic. I mean he starts the movie <clears throat> pretty much as a feral animal that can 't even talk I mean there 's some narration that 's Mad Max from the Future kind of talking back on it. But he's this hermit dude with, like, long hair, and he's got PTSD. He keeps on seeing his, his family who's died because of something that he did or didn't do. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, basically when he, when he first interacts with, you know, uh, Furiosa and has to do things, he's living for himself. And, he, you know, he's grunting and, you know, you know, Mad Max do this, kind of thing. And then by the end of the movie, he's redeemed himself and realizes who he is. And so at the end of the movie, when he tells Furiosa, he's like, my name is Max. Um, that's the first time he says that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was like, he's finally faced his demons. He overcame himself by being the man he was supposed to be. Um, and you know, being the hero of the movie, even though Furiosa is, is the hero as well, they, Miller was brilliant in giving him that chance as well. So it wasn't like, Oh, it has to be him or has to be her. Who's the best of the best. You know, they both had their chance to shine and, and grow as characters. Um, same thing with, uh, Nux, Nicholas Holt's character is a war boy. Um, He's got a great arc in the movie from this, you know, again religious fanatic who's worse than Morton Joe, and to just becoming like again a great hero in the story as well. So, best movie of the year, hands down. I'm excited to see what the next one does, um, and I cannot wait to binge watch this on (laughs) Blu-ray.
2: I I think Nux is also my favorite character, and he does have the best character arc of any of these. I I read an interesting theory of uh, when when Max finally tells Furiosa, my name is Max, it could possibly be that he has forgotten that he's so insane out of his mind that he's forgotten that he has a name. He's haunted by all of these ghosts of his past, but he's no longer an individual. He's just in survival mode and he's just about himself and getting out of situations. And he doesn't, it's it's just about surviving and for him to say i'm i'm actually going to join up with you and i'm going to help you and i believe in this and 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 give them some guidance and some help i i think was uh, you know the redemptive power of uh, Furiosa and and the other people around her, mm-hmm. and that was uh, that was really great as well. So there, again, just so many layers to this movie. Yeah. So
1: again, we, we can't recommend it enough. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it again. If you've already seen it, go see it. You know, three more times. <clears throat> um, it's you know we have been really blessed with some really amazing movies this year. I mean, Kingsman uh, was fantastic. Uh, we got Avengers, Tomorrowland, uh, now uh, Ex Machina.
2: I really like that. No. Oh
1: yeah, that's. Yeah, we've been really blessed with some really good movies this early in the year. So, uh, summer action movies—you've got a lot to live up to. So, Jurassic World, you're on notice. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we'll we'll see. I'm I have high hopes for for Jurassic World. I have hopes for a lot of other movies uh, throughout the summer. But then uh, we're going to end off the year with with a Star Wars movie too. So there's yes. a – there's just so much to look forward to. It's an endless feast of of cinema and film delights. And even if uh, some of them don't uh, completely deliver, uh, I'm looking at you, Fantastic Four reboot. Um, oh god, no, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm I'm nervous about. I'm more nervous about that movie than Ant Man. Um, yep. And that's another discussion for another time. But um, I, I love Chronicle. I thought Josh Hank did a lot with it, but obviously he he got in a bit over his head with this one so hopefully fingers crossed will be fun because I mean it has got a decent cast so I hope so I
2: I always want it to be a good movie I never go into a movie hoping oh this is I really hope this is uh, a real crap fest and you know you go in with an open mind and don't expect too much Uh, like I saw San Andreas this week that's a disaster movie so what yeah things blow up (laughs) things blow up it's fine you enjoy yourself Uh, grab some corn and you're okay and that's yeah, if, if you go into a movie with any kind of, you know, it's
1: again, I try to go into movies as, as completely blind as I can, like I did with Tomorrowland. Um, obviously, you know your Avengers, your Star Wars. I mean, I'm a huge fan, so I'm going online, absorbing trailers. I'm not doing the whole frame by frame BS, right. but um, trying to go into a movie as blind as possible with no preconceived notion, uh, you know, is 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 how I try to approach what we do. Um, I know with Unfriended. Uh, I, the trailers looked horrible. I saw one trailer. I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be horrible." But I'd I read one review online from someone who liked it, and I went in. I was like, "Cool, let's just see how this goes." Um, and as you, you saw from my reviews, it was a piece of dog, dog turd. But uh, I, I really did go in hoping for something fun. I love horror movies, and I was hoping to find something that was gonna be, you know, maybe Blair Witch for the, you know, the, the millennial generation. And instead, I got MTV's real world bullshit. So uh, <laughs> you Thank never you know what you're gonna
2: that. get. Thank you for taking that bullet for us. <laughs> I'm glad I did not have to see unfriended. I yeah, got yeah, good for you. So, uh, anyways, yes. that's
1: it for our movie reviews. Um, Andy, anything you want to recommend for this week? Or
2: yeah, I I want to recommend uh, everyone should go out and get a Hulu Plus uh, subscription. And here's why: um, TV's over. It's time to catch up on all of our TV shows. Uh, there's a lot of it that's on Hulu Plus. You can go check it out. But uh, coming in a few weeks, uh, Hulu is going to put every single season of Seinfeld on there. Oh, really? And, yeah, so uh, that's reason enough right there. Uh, but it's also a great way to go back and uh, catch up on The Simpsons, uh, catch up on The Flash, uh, catch up on Supernatural, anything else that, that you've missed. And And this is very important, and I can't emphasize this enough – they have every Criterion movie available right, on Hulu yes. as well. So uh, it's if you're not sure, uh, we're we're going to talk about Criterion Collection movies. You're like, hey, I've always wondered about uh, Bicycle Thieves. Uh, what what's that movie like? You can go check it out on Hulu, and then if you like it, go buy the Criterion Blu-ray. Right, and that actually,
1: uh, segues into my recommendation. So. Uh, for those who don't know, which is fine because I didn't know about this for a long time. Um, Criterion basically—it's a very, very small company. I think they've got like 15 or 30 employees who have gone out there and they're film lovers and film buffs, and they've—they've they've picked the best of the best movies of the last, you know, 100 plus years of, of film history. Um, and they oftentimes work directly with the director or uh, with the people who made the movie. Um, they take the original negatives uh, or the digital prints, they clean them up, make them look nice put a ton of really cool special features on there uh, and then put them in a fancy package and, you know, release them. So they do about, you know, think three to five movies a month. Um, They've done Tootsie. It's a mad, 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 mad world. uh, Seven Samurai, pretty much all the Wes Anderson movies, uh, but just basically a a lot of independent and also foreign films, but films, everyone who says everyone should see, you know, uh, they're just, they're fantastic. But, The drawback is they're expensive. I mean, if you go to your Barnes and Noble or your Fyes or anywhere but online, you're looking to spend forty to fifty bucks for a movie. Um, Now you do get a lot; like it's a mad, 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 mad world has like five Blu-rays, a DVD, and three books in it, so you're getting the money's worth. Um, But the cool thing is, is not only can you see these on Hulu, but uh, Costco has started carrying them. So every single month, Costco gets in a certain selection of these movies, and they change every month, so they'll never be back. You have to go in store to get them, Uh, but they're twenty bucks. So, like, I was down there today. Uh, they, the ones for this month is Seven Samurai, which is one of the best movies of all time, if not the best movie of all time. Uh, you must see it. Uh, and then also um, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So if you're a Wes Anderson fan, uh, we mentioned George Clooney. You know, great voice acting role for him. So definitely check that out. Uh, check out Hulu Plus. And if you haven't caught Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. talking about TV, uh, interestingly enough, Netflix is doing the whole season two of S.H.I.E.L.D. starting next month as well. Uh, before it's even available on DVD or Blu-ray. So if you're trying to catch up on that, um, the show that got much better in the second season, that's your place to go.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah, so summer is is a great time to catch our breath and catch up on, on any TV we missed. And man, those criterions, those are great. Uh, I'm going to have to go to Costco and, yes. and get both Seven, Seven <laughs> Samurai and Fantastic Mr. Fox because of of the dozens of movies that I can think of like I need to have the criterion edition of this those are those are two of them. So
1: cool well everyone thank you very much for sticking with us. Uh, like I said we're um, first episode of Board is Hell podcast is in the can so thank you much for hanging out. Um, definitely check us out on our website uh, www.bordishecast.com We're also on Facebook uh, facebook.com/ board is hell podcast. And Twitter at Borders Health Cast. Um, I'm Adam, this is Andy. Thank you very much, and we will see you next week.
0: Punk ass tripping, but it's alright. scored a key, he's gonna fly. up quick at about noon. Just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. I gotta get drunk before the day begins. Before, before my mother starts bitching about my friends. About to go and damn near went blind. Young niggas on the path throwing up gang signs. I went in the house to get the clip with my Mac-10 on the side of Outside and I pointed my weapon. Just as I thought, the fools kept stepping. I jumped in the flow, hit the juice in my ride. Right. I got front and back, side to side. Then I let the Alpine play. I was pumping new shit, buying double WA. It was gangsta gangster at the top of the list. Then I play my own shit to win something like this. Six foot, jocking the bitches, slapping the hose. I went to the park to get the scoop. Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting smooth who can it be it's a fresh el camino rolling kilo g he rolls down the window and he starts to say it's all about making that gta because the boys in the hood are always hard come talking that trash and we'll pull your car knowing nothing in life but to be legit don't quote me boy i ain't said shit. To the house, get her out of the pad. And the bitch said something to make me mad. She said something that I couldn't believe. So I grabbed the stupid bitch by a nappy ass weave. Started talking shit, wouldn't you know? I reached back like a pimp and I slapped the hoe. And her father stood up and he started to shout. So I threw a right cross and like this old ass out.